You were way off on that axe and pee. I think hell. he was as well. <laughs> I, I think he now. was as well. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. No, there's yeah. nothing but fucking cork in there. Like. Do you know, I, I have a theory on this. When cork people try and sound posh, <laughs> they go north <laughs> and start going further north you know what? Galway. Do you know what? You're spot on. You're spot on. Oh, anything, on? anything professional at all, you think you have to put on a bit of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> This is your chance to sit, walk, run, drive, or whatever you're doing right now at Straight Talk Mental Health with us. But there's one rule, and that rule is you have to shoot from the hip. No sugarcoating it, otherwise it wouldn't be Straight Talk Mental Health. Uh, my name is Peter Dunn, and with sound effects today is... Pew Pew! Alan Clark. <laughs> <laughs> pew Pew! pew What's that supposed to be? Shooting from the hip. The Lego, oh, right. the Lego, the Lego movies and the Lego, that's pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real Western gun, wasn't it? Uh, what, what's it called? The Webley? Is that it? The name of the, the, the guns? Oh, I don't know. Just, mm. uh, just the, Lego, the Lego Batman movie or something. All the, all the guys with the guns are going pew, 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 pew. <laughs> so whenever I do a gun sound, it's pew, pew. <laughs> um, so this week we will be talking shite. And as well as that, we'll be talking cannabis-induced psychosis. Now, it's something I've never heard of before. And we'll be talking to Emer O'Leary. She's going to tell us about her experience with it. And uh, look forward to listening to that very, very soon. Now, enjoyed our chat last week with rapper Homeboy Sandman. Mm. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, very good. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, really, really interesting story. Yeah, good feedback. Even clients, a few clients have even said to me that was good. Really enjoyed that. Mm. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think any any of the guests that come on that are just genuine and real. It just resonates, man. That just yeah, does, you're right. That just resonates with people. Yeah. When you know, not here with an agenda or anything like that. You mm-hmm. just you're just here to tell your story. You know, we're a nation of fucking storytellers, man. And yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. You know, it's it's I, I I love I love anyone that comes on just 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 telling their story like. Mm. Um, I like the way he didn't curse, and even when he did his uh, his black thought for black thought, yeah, he, yeah. He I, even, I didn't notice it at the time, but he, yeah, I did, know, no, no, I noticed it. Yeah, yeah. Mother, f- I'm a son of a gun. Yeah. You know, he he even self censored himself. I'm a son that of was, a gun. That was brilliant. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I was I was going to suggest that we try not to curse for the whole episode. Fuck off, ask me bollocks. There you go. That's how long that lasted. You know what I mean? So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Irish this is what I fucking do like <laughs> this is my thing you take that away from me I'm not uh, yeah. just a boring another boring psychotherapist like <laughs> <laughs> all, all I am is fucking shit and motherfucker and dickhead that's it that's all I got like yeah with a masters or whatever it is. yeah yeah and then people are like oh he's straight talking I just curse a lot <laughs> <laughs> straight shooting Mr. Clark who was it someone gave us that, that comment there before Christmas yeah I just curse yeah <laughs> Um, what the Pam says we're Irish like don't don't we curse like yeah that's right yeah 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 we need to curse yeah we need to let up no fuck (laughs) Um, one thing that stood out for me uh, was now I'll paraphrase this but he Mm -hmm. said something like uh, you know uh, people search for happiness but instead of that why not try and just not be sad (laughs) you know uh, like that's a strong paraphrase because I don't remember him saying anything like that but 
Exactly, it's a paraphrase, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just something that, that hit me. Paraphrase or fabrication, maybe? Ah, no, 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 maybe a reworking. <laughs> remix. Possibly a sampling of... PDMC remix, 2021. <laughs> but no, just something he said, you know, people search for happiness and it's all about being happy, but just try not to be sad. Yeah. And I go, well, that, that makes sense you know what I mean because it's yeah, not a case yeah. of uh, yeah, you know I need to find my happy just yeah. okay well don't just avoid sadness mm. yeah yeah to some extent yeah. mm. <laughs> it's interesting actually because I had a conversation with uh, someone there recently and um, uh, I keep fucking alluding to it like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing someone like I'm in I, I'm in a relationship oh yeah, yeah get it out get it out and I, I just you've, uh, you're, you're finished on talking to someone. Tinder yeah, I'm fucking retired, it. man. Okay. Yeah, hung up my spurs, as, as Angel said last week. <laughs> or hung up something else, gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't, wouldn't dare to comment. <laughs> but, um, uh, unfortunately, she's a fucking feeder, like, um, and um, I was like, like, you know, I, I put on weight, like, like this. She's like, yeah, but you're grand, like, you're skinny. Like, like, no, no. Like, you know, I put on, like, about four pounds since I met you. And she's like, well, just don't weigh yourself. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> yeah, right, like... <laughs> but look, it's my own hang-up. And, I, you know, you know yourself, you want to you have a kind of, you know, that kind of weight that you want to kind of stick around. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, just don't weigh yourself. I'd be like, yeah, sure, I wouldn't know then. I wouldn't be fucking pissed off when is, I saw the numbers on the scales. <laughs> is there a sticker on her dashboard that if you pull it back, says check engine? <laughs> um, I was going to say something there but I won't <laughs> okay <laughs> um, yeah very good so you're out in the open you're in a relationship yeah, nice one yeah. dude became Congrats. FBO it was FBO the other day Facebook official so <laughs> you know the worst thing <laughs> I was saying to me mate they hit this morning it's like it was, two of us obviously had our, our relationship status was private or something like that just you know, to, and, and she'd be quite private as well and um, so we changed the Facebook status was changed and I was like oh, I didn't come up in the feed and I was like oh fuck it I said may I delete may I delete and do it again because like, I don't have to go around fucking telling everyone so I'll just let everyone yeah. see it and then, so we deleted it changed the status we were <laughs> single for a few minutes changed the status and then it's like we changed it changed the privacy settings so it's like now fuck a grand everyone knows yeah that, Facebook that, is it. cool for like uh, press releases nearly you know? <laughs> we just want to put it out into the world don't want to tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, tell the people yeah. close you or whatever but everyone after that stick it up on Facebook and I got I got a load of messages then going oh you fucking kept that quiet you fucking sly dog oh, when did this happen a screen grabs of the relationship status yeah yeah uh, so. yeah you let it slip you let it slip <laughs> on this podcast I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Did anyway I, no, I, no yeah, I just yeah. said I was I just said I was off the date naps mm. um, and I think I deluded I was talking to someone or yeah, yeah, I was yeah. talking to someone the other day and this kind of thing it was like yeah because you know yeah delighted for you dude delighted yeah, for you good stuff good Brilliant. stuff so far yeah so uh, yeah so basically her advice was well just stop weighing yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah that's grand for you she's like yeah I have high metabolism yeah I fucking don't <laughs> I hate those people. Yeah, you know, I know. I can eat anything I want, and you piss off. I can. I was like, "Where the fuck do you put it?" Like, yeah, I fucking don't. <laughs> so that's a note of a second takeaway. <laughs> Today, second take- oh god, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that occurred to me as well is that recently, the amount of people who say they fall asleep listening to us. 
<laughs> like what the f- what's that about uh, yeah are we really that bad assers, like, was, <laughs> they fucking gone on about this shit again but I would I would like to think Peter it's our calming soothing, soothing voice yes tones as you drift off to slumberland and dream merrily of happier times now you've switched on to your meditation voice. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to that back. Now just focus on your... <laughs> yeah. And then just bring <laughs> your impression of me at, twi- at double speed. <laughs> double speed, yes. Go crack. <laughs> Man, I don't even want to listen to me at fucking normal speed. So. <laughs> Do you know what I liked about uh, the interview with Angel last week? I was like, yeah, man, fucking... You know what I was saying? Oh, we're, we're retired. You know, we, 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 I said, uh, you know, hung up the mic. And he's like, mm. oh, man, why, why y'all hang up your spurs? I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Isn't it? Yeah, fucking stealing that. Hung yeah. up the spurs, you know, <laughs> fucking manly. Like, nah, just stop fucking rapping shit on the microphone. <laughs> nah, man, fucking hung up the spurs. I'm like, yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that. And here, that's why he's still a rapper and we're not. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. he's well, Because there's the opportunity yeah. to make money at it <laughs> where he is, where we're not. <laughs> It was um, good. I, I really enjoyed it. Really mm. enjoyed the interview last week. Yeah, and yeah, it resonated a lot with people. A lot of clients uh, said to me, "Oh, I really enjoyed that." Listen, to it. brilliant. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to be involved in rap or hip hop or a fan to listen to it. You know what I mean? It's one guy yeah. talking about his experience, and and this is it. That's once once you're just genuine, once you're just telling mm-hmm. your story, that's what resonates with people. Yeah, you know, I'm sure there's loads of people listening to that have no interest in hip hop or anything like that. But yeah. it was Angel's Angel's story and. That's all we needed to hear. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Mm. Um, any smiles and riles this week, dude? <laughs> I do. <laughs> what a crash. Related, <laughs> related to last week. I had an old smile with yourself. <laughs> oh no, do I want to hear this? So we're listening to Angel. For anyone that, you go back and listen, it's a great, it's a great interview. We're listening to Angel, New York mm-hmm. rapper, Queens, uh, from Queens. I think he's in Brooklyn now, wherever he may be. And he's giving it all the, all the New York, you know, nah, B, nah, nah, man, that ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, and he's keeping it real and he's fucking giving it all this cool shit. And it's like, nah, B, you know, I don't be messing with that. And then at the end of it, you go, Okie doke, let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fucking Gabo gets on at the end here. Okie doke. Thanks there, Angel. Okay, roll it there, Peter. Okay, Finn, give us the music at the end there. Okie doke. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking blew it for us, man. We were fucking cool as shit. We were doing a bit of the rapping. We were doing, I was like, okie doke. Dude, like, we were never cool. Come on. Yeah, we're never cool. cool. I'm still cool. Oh, you're I'm probably cooler cool. than me, but, you know, we're never cool, be, cool. We're not. I've yeah. had to be though, you know. Homeboy Sandman, you know? cool, like. But we're, we're no, we're never definitely not know? that. Like, no, definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit. It didn't make it in. You cut it out. He got a phone call mid-interview. And it's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah baby. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just catching up with these two cats in Ireland here. And da, 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 da. I'm like. That's fucking cool, man. You know, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't talk to fucking a girl like that. Go, nah, baby, no. Nah, I'm just, I'm just cutting it up with Peter here. We're just, we're just recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. We, 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 we don't get away with that. No, no, we don't. No, we're we're we even cool. had the discussion. <laughs> we even had the discussion with him at the start. I said to him, I said, like, what do we call you? And he's like, nah. You just call me Angel, man. I was like, cool. I said because I'm too white and from Ireland to be fucking calling you homeboy. I'm not from mm. Crenshaw. <laughs> And he also told you we that just, he wasn't from Crenshaw. Yeah, we, yeah. we couldn't have got away with calling him homeboy. No. <laughs> so we were, we were glad he didn't. He wasn't one of these but, rappers that fucking holds on to their, their rap name. or their Dude, I, name. I, I never want to be one of these people who was... Uh, look, we, we met them before and we spoke about yep. it before about the people yep, yep, in yep. hip-hop, uh, <coughs> especially in Ireland, who will 
will use like American slang and shit like that and they'll mm-hmm. you know they'll dress in the fubus and that and you know I just I dressed I, in that shit ah yeah but not not to gigs not at concerts or anything no, like that no, maybe no. when I was 15 I did you know and yeah. I was naive nah, but, um, baggy jeans yeah but well, like I wear like if we were doing a gig I was probably wearing a Star Wars t-shirt well, <laughs> pair just, of jeans and runners uh, like that was I'm it I'm just like. going to say that to you I remember we, when we sported uh, Guru at one of the gigs mm. You know what I mean? Like, what a, a hip-hop legend. Mm. I wore a t-shirt with Father Jack on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. but that's, you know, that's that was, we were different. I'd never that's into that. Like, yeah. yeah. And you know, you've like guys we, who, as we said before, talk to, like, introduce themselves as their, their rap name. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? I'm Big Dog. How are you, Big Dog? How are you? How's Mrs. <laughs> ah, dog? Is big she dog. well? Uh, <laughs> how's the pups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, Big Dog. Uh, would you like a drink? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big yeah. Dog? <laughs> it's like uh, Bernie uh, Bernie Mac you know do you remember that bit uh, of a stand up where he says uh, I met an old friend of mine I think it was Bernie Mac or maybe it wasn't it was one of the kings of comedy where mm. he said I met I met an old friend of mine uh, I said oh hey how you doing he said oh you know everybody calls me delicious now said, oh yeah yeah I'm gonna call Del- you delicious <laughs> I'm a grown ass man dog delicious <laughs> might have been Cedric was it it could have been, yeah. It could have been, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cedric the Entertainer. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but there's mad. I remember I was doing... Did I come out of... I think I was after teaching a workshop or I was after giving a talk or something like that. And, um, you know, after getting paid and in there as a respected psychotherapist or teaching a workshop around something else. And I seen one of the boys that I went to school with. All right, Clarky. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Out the window. So, yeah, you'll always be Clarky. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any nicknames? Do you have a nickname when you're in school? Uh, no, just just P or Dunny. That was Dunny. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's Queens. You could be cool with that, man. Yeah, Dunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, done. Do you know how that started, apparently? But, but not if you're Spud. You know? no, like, no. Ah, God, Spud. Like a lot of Do people you know? in this country call Spud. Yeah, yeah, but that's you know? Murphy, isn't it? If you're a Murphy, you're a Spud. Is that what it is? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Spud Murphy, yeah. Yeah, apparently that done, you know, you know, call him, so, it's just a hip-hop slang, it was, was done. But apparently that started with Mob Deep in Queens and some guy they hung around with him that had a speech impediment or something like that. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, was brilliant. We, but yeah, and even even our rap names, like mine was just AC, you were PDMC. Mm-hmm. Same as this. Does, does exactly what it says on the yeah, team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Simple as like. You know. It was just literally my name, my initials phonetically spelled mm. A Y C W. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's yeah, it. So. And as you say, it's the same as podcast. No bullshit. You know, mm. we're not going to change our attitudes because of a guest that's on, or expect yeah, a guest yeah, to change yeah. their attitudes because of us. Or you know, this is what it is. It's straight talk. We, we should have got. Do you remember years ago where you would have got someone to do like a voiceover for you? Nah, man, this is homeboy Sam, man. You know, you yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you're checking out my boys, P. You know? yeah. <laughs> we should, we should have got, we should have got Angel to record something cool for us. Like, there you go. Yeah. Ah, well, How are you going? You I'm Paul. Peter Dunn. Okie doke. This is yeah. Adam Clark. And this is done? straight talking mental health podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't it? Just doesn't hold the same waves as no, Angel. No, no. On. Yeah, man, check it out. You're listening to my boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Well, okay, Angel, if you're doing a mixtape rant like that, myself and Al will do a bit of an intro for you. I come, yeah, I come out. I come out of retirement. Yeah. I come out of retirement to drop a verse. No, a verse not, a, not even to drop a verse, but to just do a quick voiceover. How are you getting on? How's the last hand man here? He's uh, he's a great <laughs> rapper and uh, he's great music. And uh, yeah. sure, uh, we'll uh, listen to a bit of him uh, now. <laughs> I sh- I sh- what do you there? think? 
Knock, yeah. knock, sock, knock. Right, Jarrett, right. Bye-bye, 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 I should finish the mixtape, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's your outro, Angel. You're welcome. Any other smiles, by the way? Yeah, what was my smile? I have to check my list. I'm in surprisingly good form and this is as a result of chatting to you and, and, yeah you're looking good form you're yeah and I'll tell you why well that's as a result of that because I was quite fucking wound up this morning um, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll tell you for why is this a royal yeah no no actually how's your back I forgot to ask you last week oh yeah grand yeah, yeah all, all good. good thankfully well, yeah, well yeah. I'm still not all good um, yeah so I had to I was like right fuck it I may I may try and get my back sorted like um, and of course, she was on to me as well. Like, you need to fucking get this sorted. This is ridiculous. Like, you can't just go around living in discomfort. Hold on for a second. Hold on. New relationship sore back. <laughs> it's always been sore, to be fair. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Should have fucking said nothing. Should have said nothing. Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, look, and she was like, no, you need to go and get this sorted. I was like, I do need to get this sorted. So, I was like, right, I'm going to need another MRI. I, I, mm. I need to know what this is. So, I had to ring the doctor to get a referral for the MRI. Right. That was 40 euros for a three minute, 20 second conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. Hospital or the, yeah, the Vista Clinic and Nace rings me uh, yesterday. So, I rang them back this morning. Oh, yeah, we're just going to schedule you in there now. Da, 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 da. That'll be 520 euros uh, for the just MRI. for the MRI, yeah. So now I said, well, I said that's that's very expensive. It's normally not that dear. Oh well, the doctor has you down here for uh, lower spine and and pelvic scan. I was like, but should the doctor never even seen me? Oh well, you'll have to go back to your doctor to um, for him to make another referral. I said that's going to fucking cost me another forty euros to have him to come to give him the call. Oh well, the secretary can can. I said, you know what? Fuck it, just do to do them. I don't care. Like just fucking. Mm. So five hundred and twenty euros. That include a consultation. Oh no, 560 euros including the 3 minute 20 seconds. I know it's 3 minute 20 seconds because I've seen the time on the phone. Jeez. Yeah. After I hung up the call. Yeah. So 550 euros? No, 560 euros. And who can read that then? Can your GP read that? That'll or? be sent back to the GP. Okay. And, um, yeah, and he'll ring me then to say, because uh, I was like, look, I just need to get some sort of treatment plan in here. I need to know, is it going to be surgery? There's no point going to physios again and oh, I've been to osteopaths I've had acupuncture I've fucking done it all and I was like right well let me just find out what's wrong and go from there mm. so I was quite roiled uh, this morning that was me that was me that was me big royal forking that out this morning yeah in a matter of in a matter of minutes Jesus to be down yeah. that money my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah just and money then, and health dude and then if you're you're up the north, you get the NHS and it costs you fuck all. Yeah, it doesn't even cost you to go to the doctor. Like, mm. fucking Amazing. mad. Yeah, yeah, mad, yeah. mad work. That that's me big royal. That okay. was prolific. That was quite prolific this morning. And me smile, and me royal are something much related. So between uh, that little gap we had, when did we lock down again? Was it 27th or 28th or the 1st? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the 30th? or The 30th, it might have been. Yeah, I think it was the 30th, yeah. Mm. Yeah, or the 31st. Okay. It was the 31st, wasn't it? It was midnight or something like that, yeah. So in that, I was out with James and I went into uh, Easy Living, this kind of home decor oh, kind yeah. of place. Yeah. yeah. I went in there and I had this fucking gorgeous, like, tall fucking gun, must be about foot and a half, two foot, Art Deco style gorilla. And I was like, oh, my two favourite things, Art Deco and gorillas. You love gorillas? <laughs> oh, my favourite animal, man. No way. Yeah, yeah. Is that because of the movie, is it? 
the Andy Hopkins one? Yeah. No, 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 I've always had. That's why I love that movie. Okay. All, all right, right, right. Yeah. I had this conversation with Ashley. He's like, you have a favourite animal? I said, yeah, I have a fucking favourite animal. Do you not have a favourite animal? It's like, Dogs. I also have a favourite building. <laughs> it's like, a fucking favourite building. So, so I bought the, bought, the, uh, bought, the, bought the statue. Lovely thing. Took it home. Took the price tag off. The fucking price tag peeled off. Some of the paint off the, oh, off the statue. No way. It was the last one they had in the shop and the shop's locked down then that day. Um, so... Got on to Easy Living, sent them pictures, going, look, this is where we painted, and it was a, it was the last one in the shop, so there was a couple of scratches. I didn't see it mm. when, I, when I bought it. It was kind of up on a little bit of a pedestal. So there's a lot of scratches on it and all of that. Emailed them, sent us that picture. Yeah, that's grand. Oh, we're going to... Oh, we don't have any of them in stock, but I'll, I'll source one for you, Alan. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you could let me know, uh, we'll, we'll pick that up and, and we'll do a swap. Uh, so they, they picked it up, swapped it around there the other day. Wow. And I was like, that's fucking... That's, that's good service. customer service. Brilliant. Like, so big big play, shout yeah. out to Easy... Easy living, I think Easy it's called. Living, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was oh. I was like, well, fair play. They mm. went, went above and beyond on that. Yeah, um, but that's it. Like as Irish people, we don't complain about stuff. Yeah, We're not even complain, but go look. I bought this. There's a problem with it. Mm. You know what can you do? And like any yeah. right-minded company would go, okay, well look, we replaced that. Sorry, there was an error or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, we tend to very just apologetic go, oh, for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's play. like you know, I've always said. Yeah, the one I've always described. I think. I'm, I think I might have wrote it into one of the plays or something like that. But Irish people, um, I did. It was in the plays. Like you, you know, you'll sit there, smile through clenched teeth. You know, if you're in if you're in a restaurant and the waiter comes yeah, over yeah. and asks, "Is everything all right?" Oh yes, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you've nice. been fucking sitting there complaining to the missus, "This is fucking shit now. I yeah. don't like this." <laughs> yeah. And how how do we show our discontent? Well, they're well, they're not getting a big tip off me. Yeah, they're only getting a, a standard. They're only getting a small tip. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but we don't, we don't have to complain. Uh, no, you're but right. But no, fair play to them. They did, they did a great job, swapped it around. And the, the gorilla has been christened. Grilly. Okay. As, Grilly. as James yeah. has called him. That's Grilly. It's a good yeah, name. So Grilly is all new and sparkly and shiny now. So yeah. fair play to them. Cool. Equally, then, my royal <coughs> DPD. You know, with DPD, <laughs> not fucking me. Uh, yeah, they called me house yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to rate them. Go on. Yeah, norm- normally I would. Normally yeah. I would. Except uh, Fastway. So. Fastway, like, fuck stuff at your door and then leg it. Like, oh, well, sorry, fucking what, did you this, hear this a noise? Lad, <laughs> this lad obviously fucking worked for Fastway before he joined DPD. <laughs> so I had me, got me run DMC All Stars. Oh, yeah. At Christmas, yeah. remember? I was quite happy with them. Mm-hmm. I bought another pair of All Stars before I bought them, and then I bought another pair a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so like three I, pairs. Three pairs, yeah. So Jeez. three brand new pairs of All-Stars. My justification is they're on sale. Normally I wear them until I can't wear them anymore. Okay, yeah. So you have spare pairs and everything. Yeah, so they're, these are like the half price. So also, Very good. that's grand. I'm sorted there for ages. Normally they're about 90 or 100 quid. Got these for like 40 or 50 or something like that. Wow. it to the delivery. And then I get it. Oh, you're, you know, get the text off DPD. Your driver will be there between 2 and 3 p.m. Mm. 3.30 today. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be there. I get him to drop it in with my neighbour. So I click on the link um, and on it it says, if you're not home, don't worry, we will leave it in a safe place or with a neighbour. Fucking happy days, I says. So you don't even have to do anything. Mm. Down to work, get a notification on my phone. Um, I, was, I was in session and I checked it afterwards. DVD lad comes up to the door, knocks on the door, leaves the box right in the middle of the front door, hops in his van and just fucking drives off. Mm. So you neither left it in a safe place, nor did you fucking leave it at a neighbour, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to ring my neighbour going, Mary, will you will you bring will you bring that box in? Mm. So just just like at least wait until someone opens the door, like. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no one answers the door. Just, fuck yeah. it in the recycling bin or throw it in at the neighbour. Yeah. Don't just fucking leave it there and drive leave it around the side of the house. If there's a car there, put it under the fucking. Absolutely. See if Not the door right. is open or something, no. you know. Pop right it there. where everyone walking yeah, past and go, yeah. oh, what's that box there? The amount yeah. of parcels you see at front doors now is incredible. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if many have been stolen. Because. Ah, of course, of course they would. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just it seems unthinkable years ago that you'd leave something on your front door, mm. you know. Because some fucker will come across and nick it. Yeah, Maybe yeah, it's where I grew up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, actually, here's the thing. As, 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 as I spoke about the play or the um, whatever um, that I had that line in, um, the, the short movie myself and Dave made. Mm. So the short movie I originally wrote. Oh, I have that DVD. I don't. Oh, <laughs> and you know why? And I'll sell exactly you a why. copy. <laughs> I had the digital copy of the short film, uh, which I then adapted into the play that we that we put on. Um, Dave, um, who had directed, and he was he was doing the editing and stuff and that like, and and he left fifteen or twenty DVDs just sitting on the front door. Yeah, and somebody nicked <laughs> uh, them. No, no gang no. of young lads came along, and I walked around the corner. I was like, "What the fuck is that on the ground?" There's a pic. There's my picture. All fucking battered, discs smashed. Ah, oh, for a fuck. Yeah, the scene, the scene, the stuff. Shit. I just smashed them. Literally, just fucking yeah. smashed them. Like, yeah, little bastards. Yep. Um, just goes to show you, I'm not really artistic when it comes to movies or anything like that. My favorite bit is your mammy at the end of it when she gets hit by a football. <laughs> <laughs> that was just brilliant. There might have been some uh, Freudian. Um, uh, okay, okay. No, uh, I don't. I don't, don't spoil the scene. I mean. Don't spoil the scene. I mean, because yeah, you're, you're, your ma- man with a football. <laughs> your Freudian ma- wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets killed and thrown on the train track and stabbed and mutilated. <laughs> <laughs> Unresolved mammy issues. <laughs> but she she pulled the face. That was just you know it was that it was that scary mammy's face. I remember the first time I seen it. I kind of went, oh, that frightens me. And why does it frighten me? Because it's the Irish mammy that goes, I'm going to fucking murder you. You know. But yeah, I thought that was that was actually my favorite bit. But look, yeah. you know. oh, thanks very much. All the fucking writing in it. No, it yeah, just yeah, a yeah. Bit of comedy. Me man getting hit with a football at the end, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that bit in The Simpsons. Do you remember the the film man festival? Getting hit and grind yeah, man gets hit. <laughs> oh god! Oh well, there you go. Bit of slapstick. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. I'm is that on YouTube? Is that we're on looking YouTube? at Benny Hill. <laughs> It is on YouTube. Yeah, well, there you go. Check it, it out. Just, hard just ask me. Uh, just ask me. Is the yeah, name yeah. Alan Clark. Just there you ask go. me. Go for that. Um, that's yeah. me smiles. That's me Ryan. That's me checking. What's been going on with you? Uh, <laughs> I have a smile that I can just see your eyes fucking roll at now. Um, <laughs> go on. I've joined TikTok. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, fucking 14? <laughs> What, did, I, did you put videos on it or I, I've never installed it no I, uh, I I said I'll have a look because the amount of videos I'm seeing you know people mm. are sharing on Whatsapp on, on oh, yeah. uh, social mm. media they have like TikTok on it so mm. and some people are very creative you know by just oh, yeah. ha- making up something you know making up a little scene about homeschooling or something like that or mm. you know um, like there was a girl who was uh, pretending to be a, like a checkout operator in Aldi or something like that just fling- flinging fucking stuff, stuff at you. in the kitchen yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> pretending to be on a computer but uh, brilliant really really creative stuff Yeah. and uh, I said right I'll, I'll go on to this and uh, see what it's like and I just 
registered. That's it. And then it kind of you flick through all the videos and it recommends videos for you. So the majority of videos that are recommended for me are people fighting and people giving out to guards. Pretty much it, you know. So uh, actually, there are a couple of funny bits in it, some really, really creative bits and bobs. But yeah. uh, I said, yeah, no, no. I don't. I'm not really active on social media. You know, I don't really. So it's, get mo- it's more voyeurism than active. Pretty much. I just want to look. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're a fucking. You're one of them people that just lurks on Facebook. Yeah, you yeah, fuck yeah. All, but yeah, I post. I post very little. Yeah, yeah fucking yeah. snaky hole. Yeah, yeah. No, that's me. That's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, Joe was laughing at the other day. We got about a snow uh, there at the mm. weekend, which I wish I enjoyed because it was the proper snow you could make a snowman out of. Oh, you know, the good the, snow. The good, the proper snow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That compactable snow. You yeah, can crack. Nothing worse than shit snow. Slushy, shitey stuff. I know. And you, can, you look at it and you know you wouldn't even get a fucking snowball. You no. won't get a snowball out of that. No. One stick. You do the daddy thing of walking out into the garden, picking up the snow, feeling it between your fingers yeah. and your thumbs and going, kids, we have good snow. Get your this wellies on, get stuff. your snow suits on. Come on. You kids know. are at the door eagerly waiting. Daddy goes out, picks yeah. it up. <laughs> no, kids. Not today. Not today. Oh. <laughs> then daddy goes out. Yeah. Get your gear on. We're in business. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did love building a snowman, but I, I preferred when the kids went inside to warm up so I could stay outside and fix it. You know, you could do it properly. Do it properly. Like the, like yeah, the they were in, in a few weeks ago. Stop Absolutely. Ruining, it. <laughs> ruining my picture. Yeah, ruining <laughs> my craft. You know? It's the same, the same with Christmas just gone there. The kids help you decorate the Christmas tree and then you sort them out when they go to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you rearrange. 27, yeah. 27 decorations hanging off one branch. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> and you're putting all them there, are you? Oh, fair play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let them decorate the back of the tree that nobody sees and they just turn it around, you know. But uh, I, another thing that made me smile or laugh during the week was um, yeah, we're going to be talking about cannabis obviously very soon with uh, with Emer. But um, no, um, but <laughs> I was driving through town recently and I was laughing to myself because you know the houses that grow weed. Oh, the snow has gone off the roof. Yeah, everybody is caked with snow, except for this perfect square of nothing. You know, so the guards must drive past and go, Grant, Uh that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) there's no hiding from it. Like, you know, because your attic has to be like 300 degrees or something fucking ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I seen seen a couple of of roofs that were just uh, spotless. Well, we wouldn't like to to slander anyone out. It could have just had very good insulation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so TikTok has been a smile for you. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. Uh, well, the back, the back is all good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's healthy. Uh, we'll find out next week what my back is like because of the scan tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. Let us know. Yeah. yeah we'll see next week. Um, I do have a bit of a rile. Um, uh-huh. I've got a wonky horn. <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. You're married now, <laughs> and I'm very embarrassed by it. Very embarrassed by it. Sorry, man. It happens. There's medications or treatments, you know. Like what? Well, there's blue pills. There's other things you can do if you've got a wonky horn for a fucking car horn. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry, man. You're with friends. You can open up. It's okay. Uh, okay, I shall open up. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was driving along and I came up to a mini roundabout and. Uh, this woman pulled straight out in front of me, as you know, in Ireland. Throw the hands. You give right away. No, no, I didn't do the hands. No, I tell you what I did do. Your one just kept going and I slammed on the brakes and at the same time hit the horn. Damn the horn, yeah. Yeah. And Stand up. in a situation like that, you want your horn to go. Ah! 
fucking clown what are you fucking doing like a fucking tyrannosaurus rex yeah, yeah, he wanted yeah. to roar but yeah. mine went pep <laughs> <laughs> the fuck <laughs> and you wouldn't actually stop and she was looking at me and I was that embarrassed by the horn that I apologised to her <laughs> I'm sorry my horn was weak. sorry for, and what, what made it worse was she waved back and went it's okay <laughs> I was never oh, so pissed off but no yeah, but satisfaction in that no man. nothing no satisfaction. just pure embarrassment you know yeah. it was like hey don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's not to go, very ah! nice. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a good thing to do. Yeah, so there you go. So I don't know. Will I will I get my wonky horn treated or will I just leave it as <laughs> is? Because I don't want to have to go to a mechanic just for a horn. A wonky horn. A wonky yeah. horn, you know. You need a good horn though, man. You do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes you, you feel good. F- yeah, you, know? you got to fucking yeah. give it some gusto with your horn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That satisfaction you get from having a good horn. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I fucking gar- I know full well this is going to be in the fucking clip. This is going to be the fucking <laughs> good point in the yeah. teaser trailer. Yeah. <laughs> you need a good horn. You gotta give her the good horn. And when you don't have the good horn, it's very disappointing for all involved. <laughs> yeah. <Beep. I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Give me a oh, fucking burst. Yeah. You want to fucking, yeah, like a. Uh, jam fucking back. Oh, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to yeah. get that fixed up. Jesus. No, no, no. no. It, Particularly yeah. a lot of shite drivers around. Like, yeah, yeah. They need to know they're shite drivers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's done with a loud and long horn. Mm-hmm. Should it be needed? Yeah. As opposed to my camp horn. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my smiles and riles. Now, joining us on the podcast this week, I'm delighted to introduce to you Emer O'Leary. Hi, Emer. Hi, guys. How are you? Not a bother at all. Emer got in touch with us regarding cannabis-induced psychosis. Now, it's something I've never, ever heard of. Emer, what exactly is cannabis-induced psychosis? Okay. So, basically, it's like when you're after consuming... Um, too much cannabis in your system and it kind of pushes you into oh god I didn't know I was going to have to describe the definition but it pushes you no no you no, in- we don't want the definition yeah we, we, we just want we just want your experience of it okay um, my experience it's more kind of a kind of a big long story about it but like to answer that question my experience is when you're kind of in Like for me, it felt like I was in, I took on this kind of God-like complex. um, And that was at a point where I wasn't sleeping and eating. And then I kind of went into this um, new state of being. Um, Yeah, so, but um, there was was lots of, lots of reasons why it got to that point. You know, at that point I had to be hospitalized. But um, I'll tell you the story. I'll start from the start. Um, So I was living in Belfast. I was living in Belfast for two years. Um, Moved up kind of summer 2018. And uh, as soon as I moved up, I was, I teach Pilates classes. So I was kind of teaching classes all over Belfast. And um, then I started working full time for a company called Black Box, Black Box Fitness. was working there full time and then I was teaching in the evenings and on the weekends. Um, moved to Belfast in the first place. The The boy I was going out with at the time, he was from there. Um, as much as I hate saying I moved anywhere for a match. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, love makes us do silly things, you know. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, we did like 
long distance for the first two years and then I decided to move up but um the smoke and weed then kind of it started I suppose in 2017 it was just a trip to Amsterdam I'd say like most people um <laughs> just had the best weekend ever and great crack best giddy bang of my life and got a taste for it then and then it was kind of very just a recre it became kind of a recreational thing and it wasn't until I was living in Belfast and I was kind of that busy where I was working full time by day teaching in the evenings and on the weekends um that it became much more habitual and it would have been an every evening thing mm. um and what would it do for you Emer, when you smoke cannabis it was very much, it was very much, I suppose, like I'd look forward to it every evening after a hard day's work. I'd, I'd look forward to coming home and having a smoke and just chilling out. Um, like I could just always immediately feel my whole body relax um, as soon as I had a smoke. But um, so I thought that it was helping me relax. But when I look back now, I mean, it was really affecting my sleep. It was... Um, like I've have a much different way of looking at it now, but um, at the time anyway, I was convinced that this was helping me relax and this was my vice and and everything. But it it never felt like a problem. It didn't feel like a problem until um, the pandemic. So just before the pandemic, I left my job in black box. I decided to go full time with Pilates. That's what I wanted to do, and I was like, you know what? Good I time just anymore. <laughs> Fucking the worst timing <laughs> in the whole world. I'm telling you now, it couldn't have been worse timing. Yeah. Um, lost a load of clients because people, you know, I had to make the transition to online mm. online classes. A load of people didn't want to do that then. So felt like I was just working from, or starting from scratch all over again with it. Um, so like immediately there, I was under ferocious financial stress. Like as soon as the pandemic hit, it was kind of like, oh Jesus what what am I going to do here now like I just was putting ferocious pressure on myself then to yeah. teach as many classes as possible yeah advertise it start a website all these things were brand new to me like yeah. and the pressures of a new business effectively yeah yeah pretty much mm. and it didn't even feel like that because you know I couldn't um I wasn't self-employed long enough to claim anything or I wasn't entitled to to anything mm. um so so that was very stressful um and then like emotional stress i suppose everyone was under that like being being locked down um but i was the part of belfast where i was living so like i used to go home to cork at least once every six weeks um and i was kind of getting to the stage really i was getting to the stage where i was kind of getting do you know I was kind of missing home a lot more, mm -hmm. we'd say, in, mm -hmm. the, in the kind of six months previous to the pandemic. And um, yeah, just that option of, of being able to get home and see my family and friends being taken away from me completely was was really something. Um, also, like the area I lived in Belfast, I lived in um, a very loyalist area and um, like, you know, the, the people there, the people there were, were brilliant. I taught classes there and stuff and I made great friends there. But the area itself is was very intimidating, we'd say. Mm -hmm. It, it, yeah, it was yeah. intimidating for um for a girl who was born and raised in Cork. Um, the rebel county of all counties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Um, did you move we, up there just as a fuck you? I know, yeah. <laughs> Pure I know. Do you know what? I wasn't even... And, like, it's something that I thought would never bother me. Do you know? I was mm. like, oh, fuck it, time's moved on and whatever. Mm. But, like... It's quite those, intimidating, though, isn't it? It's, it's quite it, intimidating to see you know, all the Union Jacks or all the murals and all. Yeah, just that, just yeah. to know you're walking in, walking in those kind of surroundings. Definitely, mm. Alan. And I think even like the Union Jack sometimes for us can even be a small bit of a trigger like it triggers yeah, something yeah. in you and it's um, yeah. like I think it's a kind of generational trauma like uh, yeah um, totally yeah, yeah um, but all this was kind of do you know I, I was going around as if it, like it wasn't having any effect on me but like the murals like UVF murals with ballyclavas and guns and you know they're they were only ever pointed at Irish people and you're walking in the streets and there might be spray paint on walls and kill all tags and stuff like that like i i believe that all this was was really having an effect on me like and mm-hmm. i brush it off then as if it wasn't and um did you ever have any uh, encounters with people who made you feel uncomfortable Emer? or was it just the murals and the environment or something you might have internalized yourself i i did really i did um okay. i did have have one experience but i I hate kind of harping in on that because the people in Northern Ireland are just, they're outstanding people. Like yeah, they're yeah, outstanding people. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and um, but I, I did experience a bit of that. And you know what, when, when you're from the South, you don't experience that at all. Really, you never, it's totally mm-hmm. alien to you. Whereas like um, the Irish in the North, this is something that they've always lived with. And they've, you know, that kind of bigotry and, um, you know, being being discriminated against because you're Irish. Mm. You know, and I'm I'm sure it happens on both sides. Like it happens, totally. uh, yeah, yeah, it happens on both sides. But um, yeah, there was a, there was a small bit of that, and it wasn't until um, yeah, being locked down, I just felt very very trapped in that area, like very trapped. Um, and then that's when kind of the smoke and weed became much more much more regular it was uh it became the kind of highlight of my day really it was yeah, um yeah. how regular uh, did it become you? it was kind of oh god it was morning afternoon in the evening um and then you'd kind of like stay up way later and um i'd be getting up then and i'd be teaching a class in the morning and then as soon as my class was over have a smoke do you know it was mm. just it was just yeah like it, it actually got to that point that I was um like stone teaching classes which is right. crazy for me to think that, that I was even doing that now is is insane um and would you have people around you as well Emer, that that smoked or was it just yourself no, my boyfriend um, at the time he he uh, was a big stoner. Like he loves loves okay. weed. Always has done. So um, yeah, like that that you know that's a huge huge factor as well. Like um, again, hate saying I was following a man, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know when you're like it was a personally for me it was helping me relax you know what i mean whether like and it seemed to have very very different effects on us like um he was never worried about it it was always just a plant for him it was his way of relaxing it was for me i i knew about the, the dangers of weed and um 
like there's a long history in my family of mental illness as well um of okay. bipolar bipolar specifically and um i know i knew that it could um you've you're like 25% i think more likely uh to bring anything to the surface if you have a smoke and you have a history of mental illness in your family mm-hmm. and um i you know this was always kind of a fear i had but when it it didn't feel like it was having any effect on me it was only helping me in in my mind at the time but again that anxiety kind of was always there like that fear of you know this could do this yeah it was something that was always kind of on my mind but i was smoking despite of that and um mm. yeah yeah um, was it something that was easy to get is it easy accessible you know? Very well up the north, it seems to be much more easily accessible. I don't know, I don't know. Like, I never lived in Cork and smoked it really, so I don't know if, um, I don't know if that's fair to say that it's easier to get up there. It's you know, it's everywhere, like, so you'll get it if you want it, yeah, yeah, regardless of how easy it is, you'll get it if you want it, you'll get it if you want it. Oh, like, like in midweek, if we ran out and we'd say it was 10 o'clock at night, like we'd still get sorted by, by 11 o'clock, do you know what I mean? It was, it was like that kind mm-hmm. of a situation. Would you say you were, you were addicted? You were? Um, looking back now, yeah, I think I was, mm-hmm. I was definitely addicted. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, the, the reason I asked that is, uh, you know, a lot of clients I would see, the only people that have told me that weed is addictive is people that have been addicted to weed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's harmless, it's just now a spliff, it's just a joint, you know. Yeah. But and most people, people who say that are addicted, but they don't realize they're addicted, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They say it's not an addictive drug, but of course it is. Like, it's mm-hmm. a drug. Every drug is, is addictive. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, so, you know, if you can kind of put it down to, you know, it's having a negative impact on your life and you still can't stop, then yeah. it's probably addiction. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, and you had the preoccupation then as well, you know, all you're thinking about is just getting home to have that joint. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and I think that was another thing as well that kind of falls under like emotional stress. Like I was, um, you know, went from being crazy busy and I, I loved that, like living off mm. that kind of mm. busy lifestyle and um, meeting people all day. I love, I'm a ver- very extroverted person. Like I love chatting to people and um, meeting people from everywhere. And then when that's taken away from you, you kind of, you're, you're missing that social contact so much. Mm. Like, um, do you know, I, I bet a lot of people that, that can resonate with that, obviously mm. everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Mm. Um, so there was that, uh, yeah, I was kind of just, like we'd say in the spare time I did have then, I was just overloading myself with the news and again, everyone was the same, but, um, you know, just consuming so much negative energy. Like when it, when it wasn't the news, it was, I was watching, uh, epidemiologists on YouTube and I'd be going down, you fall into a YouTube rabbit hole, you're there for an hour and a half. Do you know what I mean? Um, Stoner going down the, the YouTube rabbit hole. Huh? That, that's never happened before. Never happened before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, uh, like, you know, Facebook and Instagram and social mm. media was consuming me as well. I was uh, totally addicted to that. Um, then it, it kind of all came to a head really for me when um, 
during Black Lives Matter, that that movement, mm-hmm. I became totally obsessed, obsessed with it. I, uh, you know, I just felt, I felt very, um, I, I actually felt so much pain by the injustice of, of uh, George Floyd's murder and mm-hmm. I became obsessed with it. I was constantly on Facebook, constantly on Instagram, posting about it getting into fucking Facebook fights with people who are <laughs> posting the opposite Stay out of the comment section. I'm telling you now. <laughs> oh my health. God, it's bad news. Like, it's bad mm. news. Um, and just then when I wasn't doing that, I was watching documentaries trying to educate myself on systematic racism. And mm. um, But then it kind of, I was kind of digging into like systematic oppression. And I think that's then when my kind of generational trauma kind of really came mm. to, was coming to the surface. It was like bubbling like a pot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just like that then I, I stopped doing housework. I stopped going to exercise and going out for my walk every day. I stopped um, eating and I stopped sleeping and um, I was getting maybe two hours sleep a night. Um, the most I was having then was like a, a bowl of cornflakes or something. My diet was really terrible, really, when looking back now, it was probably terrible for a, a good few months, like during mm-hmm. that lockdown. Because mm-hmm. like when you're having a smoke, like literally it's just all about the munchies and mm-hmm. getting a big pizza and binging yeah. and, you know, yeah. you might eat all day, but then you're binging at night. You're like someone possessed at night. You're like someone possessed when you're stoned and there's a load of munchies in front of you. And Um, at at what point, Emer, did you say, right, this is enough? um, So, yeah, it's like something snapped. I just went somewhere else. Uh, Paranoia took over, took over everything in my body. Um, I was paranoid off my head. I suspected that the UVF were after me. Honestly, that's that's how I was thinking that I was being watched, and mm-hmm. um, they know they know because you see as well. I am um, before before the pandemic and everything. I had joined the Camogie uh, team in East Belfast, and you know I I didn't drive, so I used to walk everywhere. So I'd walk to training mm. twice a week with my Harley and helmet. Well, and Harley, yeah. yeah. People used to say to me like, "You're mental walking around there with your." these are people who have lived in the north their whole lives would say more like you want to be careful walking or you're drawing attention to yourself mm, yeah mm. and i had this kind of fucking attitude like i do what i want you know i kind of <laughs> but um it was still <laughs> all these things were still kind of you know like people were saying you want to be careful so i was worried even though i was acting as if i didn't care i, I was mm, yeah. worried that i was drawing attention to myself and um you know, because it, it, there is a small percentage of badness, um, you know, that that does exist. And mm. um, yeah, so I was convinced then in my paranoia state that um, I had been spotted and they were watching me going in and they were watching me. And um, I uh, was ringing my dad then and I started telling my dad how I, oh, my uh, boyfriend then wasn't he was going you sound insane like you sound like a lunatic there's no one watching you and then I started getting paranoid that the phone was listening to me listening to my every move Um, then we went out what really did it for me then we we went out for a walk one day he was like look we just need to get out 
I went out for a walk and I was, I couldn't relax. I was looking, or I thought I was being followed. Mm. Um, thought I was being followed and got back to the apartment and, you know, I had been in touch with my dad and my dad was like, more, you know, trying to reassure me everything's fine, like trying to calm me down or whatever. But um, then Nathan had been on, on the phone to my dad and like they had been discussing, you know, I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She's talking crazy things like and stuff. And uh, in my mind, like the, the kind of state of mind I was in, I knew what was going on and everyone else was oblivious and I was right yeah. and everyone else was wrong and they mm. were looking at me as if I was insane, but I was the only person who knew the truth kind of a thing. Mm. This was the, the mind frame I was in. And you were, um, you were paranoid about what others were thinking then as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I suppose. But um, it didn't kind of feel like that at the time. I, I had to... I had to tell them what was what was happening kind of a thing is the, is the yeah. mindset that I was in. And um, then, uh, you know, Nathan obviously never um, dealt with this before, so he didn't know what to do when we were just arguing and we were just shouting at each other and it was making things way worse. So I just I just knew that I, I couldn't stay in that apartment anymore. I had to get home. And this was June, so we'd say like the we were well into the pandemic at this stage mm. um, and no one was traveling, no one was traveling. Like my dad would have came up and collected me a few months previous, I'd say, but um, no one was traveling. You couldn't cross the border and all this kind of crack. So um, I just decided anyway, I rang my dad. I was like, I have to get home. I have to get home. And he was, um, he was like, well, look, even if you get as far as Dublin, get yourself as far as Dublin and I pick you up there. So I, um, got on a train, brought an empty suitcase, literally grabbed a suitcase. That's how sick I was now. Like I wasn't even, I literally just had it in my mind. I need to get out of here. I remember being in the train station. Um, oh, I, I remember I couldn't book a ticket online and I thought that was on purpose. Then I was like, they're trying to keep me here. Do you know, I was paranoid that mm. the website where he's fucking booking the train was trying to was in on it do you know what I mean it was yeah, yeah. Sabotage. yeah out to sabotage me um so got to the train station uh there was nobody in the train station now it was totally empty and central station in Belfast is mm. tearing busy tearing busy usually mm -hmm. so it was totally empty train station I thought all the staff then knew exactly who I was and and there was uh, like this yeah. is interesting now there was like to um, crowd yeah, be going one way different platforms yeah. and stuff like that. But I, uh, in my mind, this was the Catholic platform going down to Cork, and this was, you know, this is the way I was looking at it—that these boys would be trying to keep me here, and these boys would be, you know, yeah. totally, totally ridiculous. Like, but but you, you'd still have a very vivid memory about it, Emer. Though I remember every yeah. single detail. Like I remember every single detail. Like it is the most, um. That experience, I could tell you, I could talk you through every single day. Wow. So yeah. it started with the paranoia, Emer. It started with, with um, I, I think it started with, with paranoia, yeah. Um, how, how did it get to also, the point? But also kind of obsessive behaviour. I think the obsessive behaviour is mm. where it kind of started being, being totally obsessed with Black Lives Matter mm, and all that. Mm, and I think that's kind of where it started. And then and then the paranoia took over. Um, 
my dad, my dad picked me up then in Dublin. And even when I got to my dad, um, I was paranoid that the radio in the car was listening to us and I couldn't tell him what was going on or who was after me and, mm. you know, um, and then my dad was totally freaked out. God love him. And we got home and I'd say I was home. This was on the Friday and uh, on the Monday then I was I was checked into hospital. Mm. Um, so did you go like, willingly into hospital or? Um, I yeah, uh, I went. I did, but I I was putting up a fight. But I still willingly went. I physically went, if that makes sense. Yeah. But mm. I was kind of arguing the whole time, and um, I remember. My mom tried like that whole weekend, she tried to give me a couple of sleeping tablets and tried to wind me down being like, you know, you're all right now. You don't have to feel this way. You're home. Um, mm, yeah. uh, but I just couldn't. I was in another, another, um, another world. Another, yeah. I was in another world altogether yeah. at this stage. I was in another world altogether. Even the paranoia when I got back home. I was uh, constantly looking out the window, checking mm. the door, like I, w I was paranoid off my head. My brother said that we went out for a puck around. He only told me this recently that, um, and I can't, I can't really remember this part. That weekend is kind of a bit, do you know, you'd be delusional as well. So I can remember all the things that I was kind of imagining, but yeah. do you know, I, I like hearing it from his point of view, like he said, we went out for a puck around on the Saturday and, uh, yeah, like my brother's only 18 now as well like so you can imagine how this was for him seeing his older sister act like this and oh yeah heard a noise and just dropped early and ran in ran in and ran down to my room and locked the door kind of a thing like yeah. I was I was terrified like and um so yeah I anyway we mm. skipped to Monday I got I went to the doctor the doctor heard what I was saying he heard that um and at the time then I was like you don't understand, like, I was a girl who was brought up in a very Republican family. Like, I was talking like this, so when he, and I was living in a loyalist area, I remember mm -hmm. saying these mm -hmm. things to the doctor, thinking that he'd understand generational trauma, mm -hmm. but he was just heard this and was like, now obviously I have to go to hospital, but, um, to me, like th these were important things that they needed to to take in yeah, of course. to understand what I was kind of going through and what was happening. And then before I knew it, um, I was brought to hospital and uh, the, for the first 48 hours I'd stay in the room, I was climbing the walls. But um, mm. yeah, just settled into it then. And How long were you hospitalised for then? Uh, three weeks, three weeks. What, what was that experience like for you? It was actually brilliant. <laughs> it was actually, it was actually, like I remember it as being. No, there was there was dark parts of it, but because I I felt so kind of, as you as I said, like you kind of take on this god complex that you're you're invincible and you're great. You feel great, like you feel. It, it kind of resembles though. We we spoke about it with Pam of the manic stage of bipolar. It really does. It's mm. it's. Exactly like that. It's exactly like that. I've I've loads of experience with bipolar, and it is exactly like that. Um, mm. Or well, not exactly, but it does resemble it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, 
Mm. A lot of, you, you mentioned the kind of the correlation and um, between cannabis and psychosis and stuff like that and schizophrenia and particularly where there's a, a history of um, psychosis or, or mental health issues. Uh, it's about 50%. So there's been some studies where they found cannabis was involved in as much as 50% of psychosis and schizophrenia. Jesus. So if, if, wow. if, if it's in the family, then... You know what a lot of the studies are showing is that this is going to bring it on, and it's going to bring it on even faster. Jesus, um, it's it's the association. The, the the problem is at the moment with the research is that they can't really kind of prove why. Yeah. But they they know there's definitely the association. Like you know, at the early start of, you know, smoking and cancer. Yeah. There was there was the research that showed there's an association between smoking and cancer. Now we know what smoking and cancer does. They kind yeah. of haven't gotten to the point now. Uh, and it's and it's it's pretty much the uh, the THC um, in in the marijuana. So that's the um, the psychoactive stuff. That's, like. that's exactly what that is. Yeah, that's the tetrahydro tetrahydrocannabinol, um, and that's the stuff that. And I mean, a lot of stuff with the weed now is that that's all being manipulated. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've had I've had clients addicted to weed, and they will say, like the weed now, I don't know what the fuck they're putting in it, but this is. Like this fucking stuff is just blowing the heads off you, like yeah, because it's all been chemically altered and it's all been grown specific ways. So you get the psychoactive pieces, you know, there's different kinds of weed which will have different kind of effect on you. You know, all the rappers, <laughs> you know, yeah. you hear all of the, you hear it all been being referenced in all the songs, the Chronic, the Buddha, the you know, all of this kind of stuff because yeah. they're all different kind of different strains which all have, which all have different, which have a different effect on you. Mm. So that psychotic piece or the psychoactive piece around the THC seems to be what causes it, but kind of not really known why. And for teenagers and adolescents, this really has a strong impact and a really strong correlation to schizophrenia then in in later life. So again, it's, you know, it's chicken or an egg, you know, where you, it was just schizophrenia there and it was brought on by the by the smoking and that that seems to be that seems to be what's there wow Mm. yeah and i think that's why it's so important for like platforms like yours to talk about it because it is so much more common than people realize and uh, people need to know this before they pick it up you know start smoking because that is the common conception that you know it's better than drinking it's way more Mm. chilled out Mm. Uh, like it's a much easier lifestyle if if it was legal here the crime rate would go down and all this Mm. and I don't know about it. Well, do you think I, it should I, be legalised, Emma, in your opinion? See, this is it. Then I, I was always pro legalisation. Mm. I think if there was a way to legalise it and regulate it, so that yeah. you knew how much THC and how much CPD you were getting, mm. um, and that just education, if people were educated on mm. on it, mm. um, then yeah. yes, I, I think absolutely. Honestly, I think all drugs should be decriminalised, um, but. That's different than legalized, though. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. And when you were when you were in hospital, Emer, did you did you have that craving for weed? Yes. So on the first night, I was asking him for I I need to get a joint, and I was convinced that my friend was going to drop me down one and all this, and (laughs) um, but then they were giving me I didn't want to take medication. Then I think when when you're um, 
smoking weed as well you become very kind of anti-systems and anti-institution mm. kind of brain mm, so yeah, you yeah. Uh, the fucking system man do you know fuck system. the system <laughs> <laughs> you get into that you put the world to rights <laughs> yeah yeah you get into that kind of uh of a mindset oh, i was all that my human rights and all this <laughs> kind of crack oh and they were only ever trying to help me but and how did you find it come down Oh, the come down was really hard. It was really, really hard. And it didn't really happen until I was out of hospital. Um, So things started to get better, obviously. Like as soon as I was in hospital and I was meeting people who, you know, you realise like straight away you're not on your own and you you feel very, you feel like there's a a community of you who are going through the same thing and who are... um, so there's a huge, a strong sense of community and you are, you're just enjoying their company then for the whole time. So you're mm. kind of just going along with the process then and you're in a more structured environment. So you have to be up every morning at mm. a certain time. Meal times are all the same. Bedtime is the same. Like that kind of structure was was the beginning of, of um, everything. Same, same thing that Pam enjoyed yeah. when we yeah, had yeah. Pam on around the, the, the bipolar. Say, oh, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> the I heard the her say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard her say that, and um, mm. oh god, it just hearing hearing that. I remember being on my walk and hearing her and hearing ye skitting laughing when she said, "I loved being in mm-hmm. St. Pat's." Mm-hmm. Because I, I loved it as well. Even when I mm. came out, I was like, when I was on holidays, I was nearly calling it my holidays. <laughs> because we had such a laugh ourselves, yeah. you know. We were having sing songs and everything. Yeah. And, and it's gas so, because I suppose the the idea the general public tend to have of a mental health hospital or uh, an institution like that is... Uh, you know, everybody's strapped to the bed, getting electrocuted. You know, yeah, just couldn't very be further from the truth. Yeah, so th- th- it's amazing to hear you say that, Emer. Yeah, yeah. But that, be that's that's from that's the that, truth. that that's particularly where Emer was. There is, I mean, some psychiatry. There is, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's oh, just yeah. heavily medicated, and it's you know, fucking Walking Dead. Mm. Jesus, yeah. There is a course. There is a course. To say that 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 kind of institution or that kind of setup isn't there. Yeah. But thankfully, that wasn't that wasn't. Emer's experience or pants, yeah. thankfully yeah. thankfully yeah. and what kind of treatment did you have after that Emer? did you talk to somebody on a regular basis after that or um, so it was all kind of I remember um, in the ward I was in it was kind of all about right what medication are we putting her on here now what's what's going on like what what does she need so it was kind of very medication focused like mm-hmm. there was no there was no counsellor on site that you could go in and talk to um but then we were kind of each other's counsellors all of us yeah all of yeah. us uh, who were in there just the social um, side of it Amor seemed to have had been important for you it really you know, was having everyone it, in there as you said it really was and I do think that as well was after like being months of for months of um, being away from, like even when I was working in Black Box just before before I left, like that's what I loved so much about working for that company. That was, you know, a huge community of us, and the the social aspect was was mm. everything to me. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think I think that is definitely that was like being in there then and being around so many so many different people of all age groups and getting to know people and stuff like that. That was. Um, that was huge. And was it was it an addiction treatment that you were in, or was it um, what was it then? Um, so it was. Do you mean like, like the the ward itself, or 
or yeah well where you went for yeah did you go for specific addiction treatment or was it more for the, the psychiatric side of, it was of more the psychiatric side i yeah. think and they didn't kind of figure out oh she's obviously after consuming a huge amounts of cannabis mm. until um after they sat down and spoke to me when i was in there and stuff you know and and when i was asking for a joint the first night <laughs> <laughs> Um, it wasn't until I came out of hospital, really, that um, I started to notice the come down, like the medication that I was on. Um, I just felt like totally flat. I felt I had nothing of value to say, um, even felt like this around my own family. I've never felt like that in my life. I've always been very confident and I kind of a person who talk talk my way out of a paper bag. Like, so mm-hmm. I really struggled with this and, um, you know, but I knew I knew I, I had to to stay on the medication. There was like a home-based treatment team then that would come and visit me at home, which was which was fantastic, really. They, mm-hmm. They'd they come and visit me at home and sit down and check in and see how I was doing and stuff. But um, that only lasted kind of, that was only a couple of weeks, really. That was kind of three, maybe four weeks. And then so they th- kind of- this was all obviously during COVID and lockdown. So yeah. treatment very different than what yeah. it probably normally would yeah yeah definitely um yeah that's true and you know they were they were fantastic and they discharged me from that kind of home-based treatment but they said you know i could pick up the phone at any time and and ring them um and i still have have doctor's appointments like i'd one know the other day um but they don't want to see me now for another six months we'd say but um yeah since um so it was it was kind of I was really feeling the come down then I was feeling very low, very flat. And then in August, I um, had a smoke. I was like, do you know what? Maybe it wasn't the weed. I was kind of convinced myself maybe <laughs> maybe it wasn't the weed. Like the addict um, brain, you justify it. <laughs> you justify it. And yeah. I'm telling you, we'd say 20 minutes into it immediately like I had a smoke and I felt that relaxation and that kind of your whole body relax I think that's the C- CBD CPD in it though like mm. a, but um 20 minutes in the psychosis started to creep back started to creep back and then I had a really really bad anxiety attack like I had a panic attack um because I was thinking, oh my God, I'm I'm going to end up back in hospital. How stupid were you like to do that mm-hmm. kind of a thing? And um, there was a tightness in my chest and it stayed there then for days. I felt like I was dying. Like at, at that time, after that smoke, I felt like I was going to die. And um, never again, never again will I, will I touch it. Because the reality is that the terrifying part of it is that if I was to pick it up again, that it, it would come back with vengeance. And the doctor told me the other day that the reality is that if you start smoking again, it could have irreversible effects yeah. on your... Okay. So, you know, that's terrifying. So it started out, Amor, started out having a joint, chill out. That was grand, nice and handy. Recreation. Moved to yeah. Belfast, being in the environment, um, obviously created a lot of tension, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. Uh, you turn to your mood modifier of choice even more. Mm-hmm. COVID Absolutely. hit, pandemic hit, out of work, stressed, financially yeah. stressed, turns your mood modifier of choice. And yeah. then that just escalated from there then into the paranoia, into 
yeah. hospitalisation. Hospitalisation, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, How are you now? Oh my God, I'm great now. I'm great. I'm um, back living with mommy and daddy back to square one. <laughs> I feel like I'm after going back in time. Um, but, do you know, I just, I'm very, I'm very self-aware now and I'm just making sure that you know, sleep, rest, diet, exercise, that all these things are, you know, they're mm-hmm. every single day they're important. Yeah, looking and after the basics, uh, always the, the three I advise people, get your sleep, get your diet, get your exercise. If you take yeah. care of the three of those, you'd be amazed at uh, the difference that takes. I, I see a lot of with the, with, the, with the sleeplessness as well. Uh, a lot of studies have shown that um, sleep deprivation can bring on psychosis as well. Yeah, and... Um, I think there's been a lot of studies done that like people think cannabis oh, it helps you sleep out and people will tell you that mm. they can't get to sleep without it. But yeah, what yeah. I found was that it was keeping me up all night because my brain was going, oh, it was working in overtime, yeah. mm. the overthinking and the, the um, you know, I was anxious without even realising that I was mm. um, thinking about many, everything and anything. There are many young people uh, taking cannabis, do you think, Eva? Oh, I think it is everywhere. I think really? it's not until you start um, smoking it that you realise, fuck it, everyone everyone okay. seems to be doing mm. it or everyone has done it at one point or kind of mm. dips mm. in and out of it, do you know? That, that, that's an interesting question, P, and, and Emer's attitude as well. I've, I've had this with a lot of clients who would say, you know, Jesus, coke is everywhere, weed is everywhere, everyone's doing it. I'm like, no one I know does it. Yeah. And then it's right. like... So when you actually break that down to well, the, cir- the circles you move in, yeah, because yeah. obviously if you're a smoker, you look for other smokers. Yeah. If if you're a cokehead, you look for people that are going to have access to coke. So and and then that all becomes kind of self perpetuating. Yeah. No, I've, I've actually had now that you say that now like no one in my family smokes <laughs> no one in yeah, my so close not, friends are girls yeah. so it's yeah, not exactly, everywhere yeah. but this know? is how this is how you get you get sucked into that then and, and that mm-hmm. leads you into believing that because you know, well, we'd say with, 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 with the coke or something, everyone, everyone's doing it or everyone, everyone's smoking weed. So as I said, the smoke, you know, you, you socialise them with people are more likely to have, have weed or more likely to have coke. And you're just then, justifying it for yourself, like, is yeah, that yeah. you're doing? Yeah, you know, and then you go somewhere and it's like, well, you know, someone, someone will have a, you know, have a bump somewhere or someone will have a joint mm-hmm. because you, you bring yourself into that. Yeah. And then... And now I'm going to stop and then you go somewhere actually look it's only a fucking joint you have a few drags that give you grand yeah and yeah, it, it just it just, just keeps you in it just keeps you in it keeps you in that cycle I know yeah even it, it's like going out for a drink you know and you said oh I'm not drinking like, have one have one have one yeah, 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 you, know, yeah, yeah. you know you'll have that uh, peer pressure I suppose yeah I, I think I think there's an element of I, I've certainly seen this where people who would be smoking or would be drinking they can't really relax because you're not. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, definitely. You know, they're they all, want, all, they they're want to feel sober, better so about what they're doing. Yeah. They think yeah. you're judging them. If, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And there's the kind of thing as well. I think a lot of our friendships, that, I mean, that's what we do together. That's, what, you know, mm. you, you mm. go out Sometimes and you drink. Sometimes it bonds you, yeah. It bonds yeah. you. So mm. if, if one person then says... Um, like if you decide, oh, I'm not drinking anymore, you, there's a fear that the friendship will suffer because of it in, in a way. Like. Because, well, and, and likely often I can because, you know, very often I, I hear people go, oh, I lost all my friends. I was like, well, probably want your friends then. Where did they were drinking yeah. buddies? Mm. They were your smoking buddies. buddies. They were mm. acquaintances. But, you, you know, it's like, oh, these are my friends. But then when you take out that, 
take the drug away. Common that common bond yeah. of the joint or the or the or the point. I was like, oh, where's my friends now? Oh my god, that's so interesting, isn't it? Mm. And I suppose the, the quitting often comes with that fear as well, Alan. Do you find that where people mightn't want to quit? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they mightn't want to get out of uh, abusive relationships because they're they're afraid that they will lose friends, couple friends or whatever. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. side with. Like there's actually a great song called, you probably never heard of it, uh, James Taylor. I'm a big James Taylor fan, you know. <laughs> but um, but it, it's actually a song called um, Her Town 2. The couple mm. split and the friends sided with him and she told me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, it's, I suggest you should listen to James Taylor. Can you appreciate your taste in music, all right? <laughs> no, but there is that piece because, you know, when, when that is your social circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you, you take that out with, oh, I've stopped smoking or I need, to, I need to quit. And obviously then you want to perhaps minimize, you know, particularly around addiction, you want to minimize your uh, being tempted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not to get into this like but that's one of the reasons why i i knew i couldn't be with nathan anymore do you know what i mean just Mm. like he's a a fantastic person but Mm. he wasn't gonna give up weed ever like and Mm. i knew that was uh, it him that that introduced you to it then you know you said amsterdam was it him that kind of prompted it oh let's go let's go to the dam uh no so he me and him did go to the dam but the first time i went i went to it uh two of the girls and um but, you know, he was on the scene at the time. He was like, you can't go to... I remember him saying this. He was like, you can't go to Amsterdam and not have a smoke. Like, no, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I was antsy about it. And I didn't know because I was worried about the the history of mental illness. That was freaking me out. Like, and um, mm-hmm. you can't go to Amsterdam and not get stoned. And then, uh, so, you know, he wasn't on that trip, but he was definitely probably a, an, an influence. Mm-hmm. You know, so but the um, first the first trip was kind of your your typical kind of tours. You kind of think of going over in Amsterdam, let's try a joint or let's try was. a hash brown or a brownie or something like that. Yeah, it next really, time then was, really was more smoke orientated, was it? So it was really when when I was in Amsterdam and I experienced that giddy bang. Like it was the funniest, the funniest hour and a half of my life. And uh, explain a giddy bang. A giddy bang is when you're literally everything is hilarious. Everything around you is funny and the people you're with and they're on it as well and you are skitting laughing, crying laughing like um and honestly it was it was the funniest and it always will be the funniest hour and a half of my life. But the problem is then from that point on you're chasing that giddy bang oh, and it never yeah. comes back. It never yeah. comes back. Never chasing experienced experience. Yeah. You're you're chasing that dragon <laughs> or whatever <laughs> people say. But you're chasing that and it never comes back. It yeah. never comes back. I, I actually thought a giddy bang was something Alan looks for on Tinder. But you know. <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> Not on Tinder. <laughs> I'm out of the game. <laughs> Retired. Oh. Uh, don't talk to me now about fucking Tinder. <laughs> That's a conversation for a different day. It's not fucking day. easy when you're single. It's your lockdown, Emer, is it? lockdown, no. No, that's a conversation for a different day. <laughs> it's great to see you doing so well, Emer. Yeah, no, I'm flying, thank God. And, yeah, and no, do you know what? I just, I feel, I feel myself again. I came off medication in November. Um, that was personal choice, to be honest. 
the doctors weren't uh, for it. But I knew, Joe, and you just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I had completely changed my lifestyle. I had taken cannabis away, all these things, and I just knew that this was dragging me down. And I knew it served its purpose, and I needed to be on mm. it for a good couple of months. But um, mm. I was sick of feeling flat. I, as I said before, like I was never used to feeling like that, and. Um, was it just that you were feeling nothing? Emerald? I was literally feeling nothing. Like mm. I was feeling, even when I was with my mom, my best friend in the world, like I couldn't, I felt I had nothing to say to her. Mm. And um, my like sibling banter between my brother and my sister, I felt like I was just, wasn't even there. Like Minus crack. Mine, I was the anti-crack. I was the anti-crack. <laughs> anti <-crack. laughs> I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Oh, you're definitely not the anti-crack now anyway. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, and, you know, I had just moved home and, because I, I really had just moved home. I was just getting back to the swing of home life, but I felt I couldn't connect with the people that I missed the the most then because of, because of how I was feeling. So, mm. um. There's this brilliant website, uh, mind.org. You've probably heard of it, mm. Alan, but it, they, mm -hmm. the advice on there was just incredible. They were like, look, you have to remember that taking medication is your choice. And mm. um, they, they said that like that if, if you have completely drastically changed your lifestyle for the better and you believe that you're um, capable to wean yourself off it, then, then you should try it. So... I did it and uh, that, that was November now, like, and I told the doctor only the other day um, that I was off it. And, you know, she said, like, you probably would have relapsed by now, but just know that you can always pick up the phone and ring us, mm. you know, early mm. intervention is always still there. So, right, um, yeah. yeah. And I, I started doing a EMDR therapy there recently as oh, well. Oh, very good. How's yeah. that been for you? It's been good because I just... Do you know, I had so many kind of unanswered questions and like, like I, I knew, like even when I'm talking to you here and it's like me explaining like the generational trauma and all this, mm -hmm. I need, mm -hmm. I needed kind of that to be confirmed by a professional, yeah. do you know? Yeah, yeah. Validate. Validate. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It, oh my God. It, it does work wonders. Like I've just done, um, four or five sessions now, but like really gets to the bottom of things and you know so mm. that that's been good as well yeah you've mentioned the generational trauma Emer. um you don't have to but just ask is there anything you want to get into or um i just think that every single irish person if you're irish you need to know what this is know mm. what this mm. is because um it explains who we are it explains yeah. who we are and why we are the way we are the culture gets into the psyche just gets passed on, yeah. passed on. Actually, we, we spoke about this before, on, 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 and I think actually, you know, we'd use the example of the family, but also up, up the north of how it's just bred in. The sectarianism is just bred in up there, mm -hmm. you know, of, you know, you're hating people yeah. for what, like. And you know, you know what, what, what up there as well, um, the power of flags and colours. Yeah. 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 Symbolism. Yeah. Symbolism. Yeah. It's, I remember, um, I remember years ago when I was rapping, when I was when I was doing solo stuff, and I got asked to do a gig up in Derry, and uh, I remember just being intimidated. You're, you know, going up in the 
got the train up and then you're collected and you're driving through all these areas and uh, you know the and maybe look it's maybe it's my own naivety you know because we don't we don't face any of that down here like we're in um, a bubble we're in we a are, bubble yeah. and, and uh, then you, you went to all these places and like that you see the murals with the guns and you know union jack and paving stones red white and blue and stuff like that and it's mm. i mean i was up in uh, just in that gap when we could travel uh, at christmas i was up in belfast and the face the mask that i use is a mclaren formula one mask and it's orange and it says we race as one and even i was like jesus well, am, I, am i all right going up here wearing an orange an orange mask like yeah yeah these you know these considerations and but these these are i think we have a southern way of thinking because this mm. is where we were mm. brought up and mm. it's totally different to when you're growing up around it. Like I think um, the the woman who wrote Dairy Girls, Lisa McGee, she has a great mm. line. She said, it's ordinary people living ordinary lives in extraordinary circumstances mm -hmm. and extraordinary yeah. times. Yeah. Like she, that's the way she described the troubles. But, um, um, and it's just, it breaks my heart because especially my generation all they want to do is just get away from it and mm. uh, stop mm. but it stop being reminded of it constantly yeah but it's it's all over the walls up there like it's yeah. and it, you just uh, absorb it it just it just soaks into it mm. yeah. yeah and i remember um one of my one of my friends from there uh, she she would be like a real activist kind of person now and um she's she's catholic so like but i not that that matters but i just for mm. like i i was wondering how these murals and how they affected her and i was like they should all be taken down like i mean if they should all be taken down the effect they're having on people is is awful and she was like no we keep them you have to keep them as as a reminder of you know and it's it's like I don't know. I don't know. I found that strange. Like, you just live in it. Yeah, afraid I, to let it go. Actually, I, I'd actually seen a thing on Facebook that I shared the other day. Uh, James Baldwin, black writer, and it was. I imagine one of the reasons people cling to their hate so stubbornly is because they sense once hate is gone, they'll be forced to deal with pain. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's so so prolific and so evident in uh, around sectarianism up, up the north and stuff like that. It really, really is. Yeah, and it's still going on. Yeah, <laughs> you know this is you know I think yeah. people say that's just grand. We've got the Good Friday Agreement, and it's like no, this is this still is there, still yeah. going on up there. Yeah, yeah. And like, we are a very troubled country. We have a horrible history when you think about it, and it's something yeah. we we may cover on one the uh, on a podcast someday because. Mm. You know the the knock on effect to that. You know the the mother and baby homes, which is just absolutely horrific. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. We spoke before about the reigns of the Curra. Not a lot of people heard of them. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Until a friend yeah. of ours shared an article about it, which was horrific. Yeah. You know the um, uh, the guy who used to pick kids up off the street at random. Oh, the cruelty man. The cruelty man. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. People who are in their 60s they'll remember the cruelty man mm. you know Jesus. like that's just that's horrific yeah you know we have a very very dark past and we we, we will explore it we definitely will and you know the effects on mental health mm. definitely but but as as Ema rightly said you know it's made us who we are yeah you know I, is that I a think good thing or a bad thing though well, like, but it's it good is to be aware is. of it and to yeah. know it mm. and to like, understand it exactly and to it's good to understand where you yeah. come from but I think equally though I mean if there is a good side to it, it's like you will never find a sense of humor like the Irish sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think that's and that's that, that comes from like a, that, that oppression as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it comes from there. Like it does come from there, and I just think like uh, you know, 
after living in the north, you just get a completely different perspective on on things up there. And um, like, I think it's very easy for, I think the, the kind of the southern stance on it is very important. Like, I think it's very easy to be like, oh, they're all mental up there. Yeah, they just yeah, want to yeah. fight amongst each other. Mm. Sectarianism will never go away. And mm. it's like, but there are, you know, there are so many things that can be done and just education about generational trauma, for example, mm, mm. E- education about, you know, narratives and the fact that they were all born, everyone's born on the island of Ireland. They were just handed a different book to us when they were small. Do you know what I mean? Looking yeah. at it like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, d- I just believe there's so much more good in the world than there is bad. And, you know, I remember being up north, uh, we went to Belfast about five years ago around Christmas and uh, this car just randomly pulled up beside us with a load of young lads and the guy rolled down the window and went, hi, how are you, how are you, ha, 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 I drove off. I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> and I said to Lord Jesus, like, ten years ago they were doing drive-by shootings, now they're doing drive-by insults, like, <laughs> come a long way. You know? Come a long way, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're getting there, we're getting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. Yeah. And, and you know, the crazy thing about all this, like, it's all just constructs, like constructs. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's just fucking Social like what's constructs. Ireland? It's it's a place. To, it's a bit of land that we identify as Ireland. What and the symbolism and the power then we give to that flag. And well, what's Catholicism? What's what's Protestantism? Yeah. Well, we don't believe Mary was a virgin. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, fucking Jesus! Yeah, fucking was the, fuck. was the Holy Mary in their book? I don't know. Do you know? It's yeah, it literally yeah. comes down to yeah. that, like mm. transubstantiation. When you get communion in church, it's like, yeah, it's just symbolic communion. No, Catholicism. No, when that's blessed, it's literally the body of Christ. Mm. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's like this is lads, lads, this is what we're fucking fighting over, like. Yeah, yeah. you know, because you believe that and I believe this. But yeah. you know, and I think kind of with yourself, uh, Emer, perhaps when you when you kind of went down to. Uh, got you know so wrapped up in the Black Lives uh, Matter movement you know kind of anger and anxiety need to attach themselves to something mm-hmm. yeah yeah. you know and you know well if I get, get rid of and like that quote if, if I let go of this hatred now what well now I just yeah. have pain yeah now it's just suffering I, I don't want to deal with that let me just yeah. fucking hate him down the road that, that'll be easier yeah 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 yeah, mm. yeah absolutely absolutely right let's leave it there I hope you like what you heard if so you can give us a rating subscribe you can leave a comment or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast by all means share it with them on your social media pages it could make a big difference in their lives and of course like Emer, we would love to hear from you if there's anything you want us to cover discuss or you got a story to tell we'd love to hear from you you can get in touch you can check us out on stmhpodcast.com that's our website you can email us through that get us on social media through that on Twitter Facebook you can follow the hashtag stmh or you could just email us straight out straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com or hello you- at stmhpodcast.com there you go yeah. See, so we have a fucking website and an email there address. you go how professional are we but keep yes. giving out the old ones yeah I have to update the script in front of me I, was, I meant to say I, meant, I was listening to it last week I was like I must always tell them to update that script <laughs> 
Big shout out to Fiona Bryan. He made the podcast music. What a great producer and beat maker. You can get him on FOB Beats. Emer, I normally throw Alan under the bus every week and get him Yay. to give us uh, <laughs> an alternative quote of inspiration. Now it's your turn. A quote? Oh, God. Yeah. Nah, not a quote. Just, a you know, yeah, you, know you've, you've, you've listened to the podcast. You know, you, you know what happens. You know the shite that comes out of my mouth. What, what's, <laughs> what's your bit of advice? What's something you would live by? What, something you've learned? Something I've learned, um, well, this year especially, I think I was kind of for the longest time kind of going on autopilot mode and thinking I was invincible and uh, like I'm a health and, health and fitness professional and I have been since for the seven years now, well, uh, nine years really. I, I, I always thought that I was kind of exempt because I was exercising so much and because I was, you know, eating healthy and I was kind of exempt from that that part of my life was t- was under control so I didn't mm. really have to worry about my mental health and yeah. thought it was all about just staying positive and being grateful <laughs> and you know you go yeah. onto Instagram there and it's mental health awareness and it's like be grateful uh, yes obviously that's grand but like there's so much more to it than that like there's so much more to it your environment uh, how much negative energy you're consuming it's all having a huge effect on you like and it's having a Mm -hmm. huge effect on our minds and Mm -hmm. um i think just being conscious of that and having that awareness has it's changed who i am it's changed my life and it's making me much more conscious to pick up what my triggers are and and stuff like that um so not enough like, just no, to go for a rod humor. No, no one is invincible. <laughs> no one is invincible. Definitely not. Street talk.